I'll warn you with beer, if you pour it too close to the microphone, it sounds like you're peeing. So, <laughs> so if you listen back, just be aware of that. Okay. Oh God. What, am, what about when I'm drinking? No. Okay. <laughs> That's a a different noise. Okay, that's a different noise, not a peeing noise. Okay. We are live. Hi, Natalie. I'm going to open up my cores. It's a tall boy. Your cores. 16 ounces. I know, I know. And so here's the thing I drink cores, I do like cores. and uh, <laughs> I can't get it open. I'm drinking. Okay, this is a Vermont beer. Uh, oh, nice. It's a double IPA. So this episode will get more and more exciting as we ah, continue. Excellent. But <laughs> the first podcast that I haven't named yet, where I, Anna Soller, talk to people that I think are doing really cool things in spite of and in face of all the challenges that we face uh, as a world and as individuals. And Natalie, um, is a dear old friend from childhood, in fact, and she runs this really cool company called Beer Feelings. And Natalie, I'm just so excited to have you on the first ever podcast that I decided. I'm, I'm excited make. to be here. I, mean, <laughs> I, I think what made me most excited about this project when you called me, uh, well, number one, talking, talking to an old friend is always just like warms, yeah. warms my heart and warms my spirit, especially you already know this, but the thousands of listeners that are absolutely going to tune in don't, I just finished <laughs> a move across the country uh, from Colorado to Vermont. And so it was a nice piece of home when you called. So I'd love to just get started, Natalie. I'd love to, you know, just introduce yourself, tell us what it is that you do that I think is so cool, which to be honest is a long list, but specifically beer feelings. <laughs> oh my gosh. I was going to say like, I drink, I drink a lot of beer, but yeah, um, but my name, <laughs> my name is Natalie Jones. I'm the founder and owner of a company called Beer Feelings, where my goal is to make the craft beer space more fun, flirty, and feminine. I'm sure we'll get into my story and my struggles along the way, but yeah. But really where this came from was I had a really hard time getting into craft beer. I thought it was a space of a lot of kind of lumberjacky lacrosse bro dudes. Um, Hannah and I grew up in Colorado, so there's a lot of beer there and a lot of bros. And Cores. Cores. <laughs> Cores is from there. <laughs> but but the craft beer space for me, when I turned 21, I really didn't understand it. I kind of had this like FOMO of I saw a bunch mm-hmm. of people loving the space, drinking cool beer and like talking about it. And I wanted to be involved, but I just didn't know how. And I couldn't figure out how to like beer. Like I honestly, I thought it sucked. Can mm-hmm. we curse on your podcast? Oh, yeah. Decided that? Okay, great. Yeah. As long as you say that you curse, that's fine. It's fine. Um, yeah. So I wanted to participate. I was really intimidated. And the last thing I wanted to do was to go into a brewery and get mansplained to by the guy mm-hmm. behind the counter on, mm-hmm. or to like, I was an, an event planner at the time. And so I didn't want to lose my like event planner street cred. I said like, <laughs> I don't know how to like beer. So, so basically it took a long time for me to kind of get over myself, finally ask somebody behind the counter to say like, how do you like this? 
And instead of mansplaining to me, they actually were really helpful and really kind. And we had this whole conversation about flavors and Mm. about, they said like, how do you take your coffee? Are you like a cream and sugar kind of gal? Do you like an espresso or you drip coffee? And then from there, they were able to translate those likes into like a beverage that was actually really cool to drink. And then that built a little bit of confidence and that built, you know, I took that to the next brewery and that built a little bit more and a little bit more. And eventually I found that I really love craft beer. I just didn't like beer flavored beer and I didn't like the bro <laughs> beers, which you're drinking. I am a bro now. It's, <laughs> anyone. it's very obvious. I've got a little bow in my hair today and the broiest like bro of all. <laughs> the broiest bro of all. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And, and I do, I mean, I'm drinking a double IPA right now. So I've really like Look grown, into, I know, I've grown like- into the space, like chest hair and all. So because I had kind of this challenging time getting into the space. I, in the middle of COVID was running another business. Basically I purchased a business. It was an event company and I got shut down in the middle of COVID. So I was day drinking a lot. I was Mm. writing beer reviews because that helped me justify the day drinking. And (laughs) I, I really wrote from a, from the standpoint that I learned how to taste beer. So that like what kind of coffee is this? Is this a cinnamon roll or a sticky bun? And women in particular really reached out to me and they were like, oh my God, I didn't know that beer could taste like cheesecake. I didn't know that beer could taste like a grandma's hug. And so at that point, I kind of uncovered this underserved market of women who like myself are intimidated by the space and just choose not to participate. And so kind of at that point, a few beers in, I realized like (laughs) I can help them by making the space more like a slumber party, more like, you know, like a non-toxic middle school sleepover. (laughs) Like we used to have, like we used to have have like most women, when they think about sleepovers and slumber parties, they think about them with fondness. So my whole idea was like, we have this underserved market that I was a part of how can I apply something that's cute and friendly and is going to be fun for me and help them like craft beer? And the the rest has honestly just been a series of events this week, a series of unfortunate events. But I think what's always stayed the focus for me is how can I help my 21-year-old self? How can I serve her? How can I make that like, how can I make her life a little bit easier so she doesn't have to feel those things of like, I'm scared they're going to think I'm stupid. I'm scared I'm going to get mansplained too, but I want to fit in and I want to participate and I want I want to have fun with beer. So you do events, then you also have some cool boxes that people can purchase. Yeah, so that the struggle enters here. In a perfect world, what my plan was up until about a month ago, like right before I moved to Vermont was, okay, we're going to have a multi-tiered approach to making money. We're kind of this mission-driven business and that always needs to stay the heart of this. But I'm going to help educate kind of my target market through a podcast. So I have the Beer Feelings podcast. Level two, entertain. So I was able to host tasting events at breweries around town in a very like feelings way. We would work through a flight of beer and we would start by saying like, okay, if this beer was an animal, what would it be based on like textures and, and movement? And is it a predator? Is it a prey? The beer I'm drinking right now is definitely, is like a leopard. Like it is stealthy. Um, So, so we would choose these animals and then we'd talk about it. 
And slowly we would work our way through the flight. The alcohol would absolutely help. And where we would end <laughs> up is by saying, okay, if your beer were a person and the person took you out on a date, where did you go? What did you do? Did you have a fun time with them? And Ooh. would you go on a second date? And it always got like wildly inappropriate um, with all these like strangers coming together. And it was just, it was a cool a cool way to talk about craft beer without having any craft beer knowledge. So that was kind of like pillar number two. And then step three was, how can I create a product line and deliver these same experiences to people all around the country and I don't physically have to be there? The product line started as a subscription box. Mm -hmm. So in the box, it was one beer glass, one salt or sugar to put on the rim. So think margarita rim, but on a beer Mm -hmm. instead. And then two (laughs) beer-infused or hops-infused spa products, thinking I can build these experiences at home. Well, (laughs) we sent out two subscription boxes. And then the people that really liked it said, I really don't need any more glasses, Natalie. Can I just Mm. buy the hand lotion? Can I just buy the salt or sugar? To which I said, yes. So V2 of the product line was, we'll still have these boxes. It's no longer going to be a subscription model. Let's build them around feelings. So we have the day drinker box, which helps you get ready to go out and like day drink, like for lack of a better term. We have the bridal box, which helps you get ready for your big day. We have the breakup box, which helps you recover from a breakup. And then everything became available individually. So that was the dream. That was the plan. So moving kind of became an interesting inflection point to say, do these three areas of the business still make sense? And my plan, this, this, we're still living in like the good, you know, I am really a natural storyteller. I'm an event planner by trade. I put together experiences and that's what I'm really good at. So instead of getting caught up in all this product line stuff, because humidity was starting to break down a few of my products, um, some of the bath bombs, some of the things like that. I said, okay, let's really focus on creating these in-person experiences. Let's cut this product line down so that I'm only focusing on the salts and sugars since they seem to be my top seller. So that was the plan was really to narrow down the focus, get into the salts and sugars, and then spend my time building out a new series of events in Vermont while still continuing the success that I had seen in Colorado. The challenges... (laughs) are myriad, are just Mm -hmm. left and right. So part of it is moving is a lot harder than I thought. I kind of mentioned the humidity already, but I didn't take some of these things into account and they were impacting my product line. So I was feeling even more confident in this decision on let's really scale down that side of the business and Mm -hmm. think about it more like a concert t-shirt instead Mm -hmm. of like what I'm going on Shark Tank for. Mm -hmm. So that was a decision that I made. And then as I was working, I like set aside a whole day to really like knock out these events and kick ass and like build really cool things called the liquor licensing people in Vermont. Cause I want to make sure I'm permitting the right way. I'm following the rules. Like I don't want to get in trouble. I've never wanted to get in trouble. Right. Me neither. That's, that's why Hannah and my parents liked us as each other's friends because yeah. like we were pretty tame <laughs> as teenagers. Yeah. So that's we'll always punish ourselves more than they will. Yes, always. <laughs> so, <laughs> so call up uh, the Vermont Liquor Department and basically realize that I'm not able to host events in the same way that I was in Colorado because of some. I mean, like, it 
It's a bummer to me, but I understand why it is the way that it is. Vermont has rules on who needs a liquor license, what that means, what selling alcohol means. And what I was able to do in Colorado was include beer in the price of tickets, Mm. just not a choice in Vermont. So enter struggle. (laughs) We have products that are negatively impacted by humidity, living in a humid state. The events, I think I've just decided to kind of put on hold for a hot second. I'm going back to Colorado in a couple of months. So I, I can still hold events in Colorado. I can still do what I know I'm really good at. But now we're kind of in this interesting point of what am I going to do from here? Like the good news, podcast. Going great. <laughs> <laughs> going great. Um, Is your but, podcast monetized at this time? No. Okay. Exactly how I feel about everything. No. <laughs> it's not like, I mean, the podcast is not, the only things that are continuing on are not making money. And mm-hmm. that's why I'm still drinking. Yeah. <laughs> I feel you, Natalie. One thing I would love to ask you is we go back to 2020 and you bought a business that was event-based and had to go on hold. What made you decide to go it on your own in this? I think I've always had some like small business spice in my life, some like entrepreneurial Mm -hmm. stuff. I remember when we were kids, we would do... um, what was it called? Relay for life. And we were trying to raise money. And instead of like going and calling our family and friends, we set up a bake sale at the pool. I remember that. Our friend Sally made made everything. I didn't make shit. Like I remember the bake sale and something about it felt so good. Like having a good, selling it to individual people and making money felt awesome. And Um, I did have a a number of different corporate jobs. I worked in finance for a little bit. I worked in tech for a little bit. I'm really good at customer service. So kind of knowing that I had this like small business spark and working in corporate, I felt like I kept hitting ceilings really quickly. Um, As we've discussed, I'm good at following rules. And a lot of corporate America is just following the rules. I just, I felt that I wasn't very satisfied with that. I felt that when I asked for more opportunities, more growth opportunities, monetary opportunities, expansion Mm -hmm. opportunities, what I was hit with most of the time was, oh my gosh, you're on the right track. This is such a great attitude to have. Give it six months. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for asking. You just need to be patient. Oh my gosh, you're next in line. Like just a lot of these like deferring tactics. And it was really frustrating to me to be like, well, I'm working really hard right now. Why can't I, why can't I do more right now? Why can't I learn more right now? And after two jobs in a row, kind of hitting a ceiling and realizing that I was receiving very similar answers, I kind of like the bosses that I interned for in college who are small business owners took me out to lunch and kind of gave me a kick in the pants and said like, Natalie, we know you have this entrepreneurial spirit. Why don't you just go believe in yourself? Like stop waiting for somebody to give you permission to make more money and just go like, just go do it. And they were the ones that sold the business to me. So I think I had like, would I have gone into business on my own had I not been friends with the bosses that I happened to intern for and go to lunch on that one day. I don't know, probably eventually. Mm -hmm. Um, but it was just, it was a very serendipitous series of events where like I hit the ceiling, I happened to go to a lunch with these people and they happened to be selling their business. But I think like 
I think I would have hit, I think I would have left eventually. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting. You mentioned too, that you know how to follow rules and you're really good at it. And I think in my mind, one of the things that attracted me to starting a business was I get to make up the rules. Mm -hmm. And so is what's that been like for you? That part? That's, that's really interesting. No one's ever asked me that question before. Um, it's a good question because that's actually something I've really struggled with. I think that is why I've leaned towards like online programs, business coaches, life coaches, webinars, things like that, because they hand you a rule book and they say, if you post on social media four times a week, you will be successful. If you post this many hashtags, you will be successful. You will get clicks. You will get likes. If you do, if you work this hard, you will be successful. And so that's actually been a really, like, I do follow the rules and Mm -hmm. I, you know, like I check those boxes and I do. And so it's been really frustrating when you are a rule follower. I think my rule following this, although very frustrating, is helpful in small business because it helps me with things like discipline. It helps me with things like the boring stuff that no one wants to do. Like I have a goal to post on Instagram every day. And because that's a rule that I make, I do it. So, but I think, I do think it gets in the way. Um, Sometimes I do think it causes a lot of stress and frustration because when I say, okay, I followed steps one, two, three, four, why am I not successful? Why is the money not here? Why is that like, I ate all my vegetables. Where is my dessert? What's happening? You're following the rules. They promised you success. Like what's happening there? I've chosen a very turbulent time to enter the market. I will say, I think... This is just my belief founded on zero research and just my own experience. I think it takes a lot longer to build an organic following and Mm -hmm. organic, like an organic community and organic podcast listenership than a lot of people add on. What's your big why for beer feelings? Why keep going? I still believe that there's a lot of 21-year-old Natalie's out there that are afraid of being mansplained too. I don't think like in the two years that I've been doing this, that that market has been addressed and I think I can help them. And it's fun for me to help them. And it's like, if it becomes a hobby, like instead of a job job, then it's still a fun hobby. The day that it's not fun anymore and I'm not helping people, I think I throw on the towel. But it's still like, even despite all of this week's struggles, when I get to hop on and like talk about beer feelings with you or like yesterday I poured a beer and I just like a bunch of beer tips popped into my head. And so I just like, I threw down my phone and I started recording these little like, hey, pour your beer like this if you get a tummy ache and this is why you should rinse a glass. And this is what, like, that was fun for me. And the feedback that I get, even if it's just one or two people that reach out, like when I posted the like, pour your beer a little harder, there were two women that posted in there, oh my gosh, I have to try this. I think this is going to fix my problem. That was like better than drugs. I mean, I haven't tried drugs, but I imagine that would be better than drugs. If (laughs) If it's not fun and you're not making money and it's stressing you the fuck out, stop stop it. And just, it's funny that you say that because so in my instance, like I am, I work full time, um, Mm -hmm. not doing my small business. 
And it wasn't fun. It was very stressful. And I just felt like I was failing. So I did stop. And I'm still trying to figure out what I'm going to do. I wonder sometimes what it would be like for me to go full into it and see what could happen. But I, at this time in my life, financial security is really important, but it doesn't stop the dreaming, the goals, the ideas. Of, and, and I want to succeed so bad, but I also am not willing to put in some of the work that it takes right now. And I think I've recently come to accept that that's okay. I think the fact that you are at a comfortable place is amazing and should be celebrated just as much as someone who just doubled their revenue. Like the fact that you are able to reflect on this, identify what's important to you and what's not important to you and what's going to make you feel safe and not safe. That should be just as celebrated as someone that just hit 10,000 in sales, in my opinion. Yeah. And it's not, but I'm here to celebrate you, which Thank is also you. like low key, another business idea that I have, but we're not going to like spill all my secrets to the public, but like being totally transparent, I'm now in a spot. I've been risking it for the biscuit for six months with beer feelings. I basically did exactly what you did. Like if I were to put all my eggs in this and no safety net, let's figure it out. Can I be successful? And unfortunately, the answer with an across the country move is not no, but it's just not yet. Like I mentioned, I think it's going to take time to find my girl and time to build my community. And time so it's not that beer feelings is not being successful, but it has been about, do I feel safe financially doing this and like, I, I had a certain amount of money I put aside in savings that was going to fuel me for these six months. And I said, if I hit my birthday and we're not off the ground running, then we need to do something else. And this week is my birthday. Turn it, turn in the big three Oh about to join you. I don't know if you want to share your age with the world, but I just did. I turned 30. That was a lot. I'm turning 31 in a little over a month. So yeah, go on. (laughs) So, So like I, I gave myself permission to try and I tried and it didn't go as planned. And now what I'm realizing through a lot of journaling, through a lot of like reflection, through a lot of like introspection is right now, I do not feel safe in my current financial scenario. And that is taking up space. So Natalie, you got to go get a job. Like you, it's that Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Like Like if like the basic, you need food, water, shelter. Yeah. Right. And if you can't cover those things, it doesn't matter if you're happy or not because you're dead. And I'm not saying that I am in danger because my parents will probably listen to this show because they listen to all the things <laughs> that I'm on. Mom and dad, I am fine. But I just like, I gave Hi, myself. Hi, Dallas and Karen. <laughs> Your daughter's so great. <laughs> oh, they're going to love listening to this, but oh. like, I gave myself the runway. It didn't go as planned. It doesn't mean I'm a failure. It just means that's like one part of an experiment. And so now I need to go make sure that I'm taking care of myself. I'm taking care of my needs and we'll figure out, okay, so what does beer feelings mean if it does become a side hustle instead of a main hustle? And I wish I could say that it's been going as like calmly as I'm explaining it, but there's been a lot of crying and there's yeah. been a lot of temper tantrums and there's been a lot of like throwing dog toys. Cause that makes me feel better. It doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't like what I keep trying to tell myself is like, 
just because I'm not going to work on it all the time every day doesn't mean it's bad or wrong or failing or not going in the right direction. It just means it's not its turn. Mm. And and I work a little bit on accepting that every day. And today it's easier to accept because I'm on a show and I'm talking <laughs> about the business and I have a yummy <laughs> beer in my hand. You know, like today it's easy to talk about. But three days ago when I couldn't even focus and I just had to sit down and cry for a while, like it, was, it wasn't easy to talk about it. And I'm sure I'm going to have another day like that. So small business has had the highest highs and the lowest lows I've ever had in my life. And it's addicting to try and get more of those wins. And when I get somebody that reaches out to me and they're like, I tried this new beer because of you. I asked my beer tender for help because of you. I'm like, I don't even care how much money I make. This is great. I'm done. Let me retire. (laughs) And then my fiance is like, well, remember, we just bought a new house. (laughs) We don't have a couch right now. And I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think- Well, I, gosh, I love so much of what you talked about, you know, assessing, do I have what I need? Is this fun? Am I going to keep doing it? Like, why am I doing it if it's not fun? Mm -hmm. Because I think I needed to hear that. And I felt like a failure- a lot of the time, mostly because I just didn't want to try anymore. I was like, I, I'm just embarrassed to put myself out there and feel, you know, like mm-hmm. five people come to an event and I was hoping for 20. And I think, yeah, I just having a bigger perspective on, you know, this is just, just the beginning. This is, this is not right now. This isn't, it's not, it's time. I think mm-hmm. would be, I think, you know, celebrating the winding down of something as mm-hmm. look at you, you tried and you love rules and you decided to go outside of them. Like that is something worth celebrating. And I think I often forget about that because I'm not massively successful in my business. <laughs> I think there's a lot to be said about celebrating where you are right now and celebrating what you can control. Like, okay, 20 people didn't come to your event, but five people did. That's really fucking cool. Like yeah. they took time out of their day they to did. hang out with you. And that's oh. amazing. So a lot of what I've done in the small business space to just like not be super depressed and like cry all the time. Don't get me wrong. I do cry a lot, but a lot of what I do, I journal a lot. Journaling has really helped me. That's for some, some people like talking with a therapist works a lot better, but for me, like I just kind of need to be like left alone with a piece of paper and I just write it all down. And sometimes I write down all the things that I did do that did go right. I did sell three things. I did wake up and I put pants on and I did remember to feed the dog today. You know, like you write down all the little things that you did that did work out. That makes you feel a little better. Sometimes I write down, like I do a lot of gratitude. I can't do gratitude every day because there's just some days that I'm like, nope, today just sucks and it just needs to suck. And that's fine. But like some days I just say like, I'm grateful that I have the chance to be the center of attention (laughs) for 10 minutes. Like that's, that's really cool for me. So, so journaling has really helped keeping it in perspective and setting goals that the outcomes I can control has been a big mindset shift for me. So things I can't control if people purchase from me or don't purchase from me. But what I can control is how many times do I post on social media? Did I set up the Facebook ad that I said I was going to set up? Did I hit all the deadlines that I was going to hit today? So that's helped a lot too. 
I think it's okay to say to yourself, like, I feel like a failure, but then do something about it. Either do something to make yourself feel better. Like for my sister, it's going for a run or getting on the Peloton or like doing those things. For me, it's eating a bunch of ice cream and watching seven episodes of Outlander. And there was a very (laughs) sad episode last night and I cried and it was a very like cleansing cry and it felt really good. So like that made me feel better. And so I woke up today And even though I'm applying for big kid jobs again, or like jobby jobs, the fact that I like was hurt, dressed my inside wounds, and then like woke up, like, you know what? I got up and I got out of bed today. And that's pretty cool. And I did, these are not real pants, but I am wearing (laughs) pants. So I think I really do. And I think um, it gets to the heart of why I wanted to talk about this stuff with you because you know, you're not reflecting back on, oh, when I started, things were hard and don't worry, you'll get there. And it's like, well, you know, it's a long road. (laughs) It's a really hard road. And it's one that you don't always want to be on. You know, I think too, one of the things while you were talking about, I'm celebrating the small wins. One, I think that's huge because I feel like it was really hard to feel much of anything in the last few years with just all of the stress and anxiety. But a friend of mine was talking about how she was texting with her friends and they all texted each other pictures of their um, dirty dishes in the sink. And they were just like, let's, and also my beloved friend, Ani, this is her shout out to her. Hopefully that's not embarrassing for her, but um, she was talking about like normalizing, not being perfect and normalizing. Yeah. My things are a mess right now, whether it's my life, my house, um, my internal life, my relationships, my job, whatever, like it's messy Mm -hmm. and that's okay. And it's not perfect. It's not an Instagram filter. I think that is so, so, so important. Let's, let's normalize the mess. Let's normalize, like you're not alone. If you're struggling in your relationship with your money, with the weather, with like, everybody is living in a shit storm and that's just how it is everyone's living in a shit storm and it might be different in the way that it looks, but like what particular shit is in your storm at any moment. And we don't talk about that really. And and I see people who look like they're just sailing mm-hmm. totally perfectly And there. I see that there's challenges, but they just seem totally fine. And then of course I'm dealing, I'm judging myself being like, well, I'm not fine. I don't, I'm, why am I not fine? I should be. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of what you're saying reminds me a lot of like Brene Brown, who I love talking about like you know, find those people who you trust and can share your story and be vulnerable because vulnerability really is so, so key. Well, I want to say thank you. I do know so much about beer. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) It just happened one Um, day. It just got the oracle. So I, I really didn't know a lot going into it. I had worked kind of in and around beer. Last week, I did an episode of the Beer Feelings podcast on like, what's the difference between a Shandy and a Rattler? Mm-hmm. And before that episode, I really didn't know the answer at all. That's a question that I have. I'm sure other people have that question too. And so on the podcast, I take 30 minutes and I look up the answer myself. I did a Saison episode, so I learned about that. So a lot of it just comes in like working in the space. So, so something that I think is worth sharing is if you're thinking about starting a small business, like getting it away from beer, just like a baby, we can return if you would like. Mm -hmm. But if you're thinking about starting a small business, know that it's okay to not know everything because you are more than capable of learning along the way. You are not a fraud if you don't know everything. People like journeys. Like how many of us have watched 
America's Next Top Model or The Biggest Loser. Like a lot of these these stories and these shows and these novels are about journeys or about growth. So if you're on a small business, it's okay if you don't know everything. Why not share that journey with your participants, with your listeners? With Hannah, I'm mainly telling this to you because I know you need to hear it as well. But like, I would much rather listen to someone who's learning along with me. That makes me feel less dumb. That makes me feel more included versus someone that just knows it all. Because that's the person that's going to mansplain to me is the person that knows it all, right? You bring a very unique perspective because like you kind of rocked my world just then because so I'm in the coaching space um, Mm -hmm. and I feel like so much of coaching, what I see out there in terms of social media and engagement and content is like, knowledge-based and sharing knowledge. And that's something I'm just like, I don't know enough. I don't know the right answers. And really there aren't what, like, there aren't clear cut answers when it comes to human beings, but I, it's interesting or anything. And it's, it's interesting to think about like, what if I did a journey rather than just producing more information that I feel like people can find elsewhere. That's going to be better written. It's going to be better researched. I'm like, Hmm, you made me think. Don't you think it's more exciting to go on a journey with people than like just to be told the information? I think that would be great. Okay. If you were selling a Facebook ads course, um, an online course, here's how to make a Facebook ad. Da, 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 da. I don't know that I would pay someone if they were like, listen, I'm a novice in Facebook <laughs> ads. Come learn alongside me. But I would probably listen to their podcast from a content creation space. So podcasts, blogs, articles, books, social posts, take people on the journey with you. If you're selling the course, I think you need to be an expert, but that journey will make you the expert. So yeah, based on my training that I have, coaching Mm -hmm. is not about being an expert. And Mm -hmm. that's what I struggle with, with social media is trying to put out some kind of expertise, because I think, especially in the corporate world, people want expertise. They want, they don't want, well, what do you think? And what do you, what have you noticed? But true change and and coaching, it's a partnership and it's, it's discovery. It's not, I can't come and be an expert in your life. I'm not in your life. And in fact, from what my training, like, I don't have to be an expert in your industry. I understand the skill set and process of coaching, and I am skilled at doing that, but it has nothing to do with expertise. And so I, I like, I think what you're saying really resonates because um, I, I'm, I bristle when I see things that I'm like, this is how you should be a better leader. And I'm like, well, mm-hmm. that's probably good information, but in, in terms of actual change and growth, probably a little bit more complicated than that. Right. And I will say, after working with a number of different business coaches, I wish I, like, I think finding a coach with your mindset, I'm not just trying to like fluff you up. This is going to fluff you up, but like, I'm not trying to. The coaches that I was not successful with were trying to serve me a method. We're trying to serve me data and information. And what was frustrating is like, I understand marketing techniques. I understand marketing theory. What I really needed was a sounding board. And for somebody to ask me, like, I needed this podcast, honestly. But had I had a coach help me do that and a coach help me, like, reflect back or just a coach say, like, Natalie, you seem really, really riled up about events and you don't seem riled up about products. Why do you think that is? Why are you still doing this? You're not making any money. 
Just like, just curious. Why are you still doing this? Why are you excited about this? That would have saved me months of my life because the coaches that I did have said, well, you didn't do module one of my online platform. So we can't talk about this. And I was like, well, I, I understand module one because I went, cause I have a business degree, like, and I understand marketing theory. So I don't need to like, oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. So I'm sorry. I'm having a reaction because <laughs> from my perspective, they are not coaches. They are consultants mm-hmm. that they are not coaching you. If they're trying yeah. to give you information and answers, they are not coaching. I feel very strongly about this. And people come at coaching from different perspectives. I am a student of the International Coaching Federation. And from my perspective and their definition of coaching, that is not coaching. And I think that's something people really struggle to understand. Some people want that. They want someone to consult. And that is fantastic. And if that's what works for you, you should do it. But if you are looking for what you described of self-discovery, understanding your own choices and what's getting in the way for you, it is not going to be answered by someone giving you a module and holding you accountable to that module if you don't find it valuable. In fact, my coach sends me stuff all the time and I sometimes say I didn't do it. And she says, that's completely fine. Anything I give you is optional because it's about your growth and your journey. So I feel very strongly about this. And that's one of the things I am frustrated by in trying to compete with people because that is not my style. But I love, sorry, I, I went totally off the rails there, but no, it's, um, it's great. Cause it helps me at least articulate how I feel. Cause apparently I feel very strongly. And I was just working with someone yesterday who we, I, she had all these different options in front of her. I could do this. I could do this. I could do this, but mm-hmm. I could hear her saying, you know, finances are really, they're very important right now. That's the thing. And I said, okay, so what I'm hearing is it's finances. So which one of these answers that issue? And she selected it and that's off she went and it made the decision easy. So I, I think it's so important what you're doing and who you're talking to and the way that you're talking to, because I could have really used someone two weeks ago when I was saying like, there's mold in the house and we don't have a fence. And that makes me feel guilty because my dog can't run around outside. And he also can't run around inside because we have slippery floors. And so he's just being like really cautious because he keeps falling over. Um, Yeah, no, it's honestly, it's pretty funny until you realize I'm like, you're going to get hip dysplasia. This is awful. Um, But like, it would have been so helpful to have someone like yourself from a coaching standpoint say to me, Natalie, I know you think you're the champion of small business and I know you love advocating for small business. You love telling people to quit their jobs and do it. But right now you are stressing the fuck out because you can't buy a couch. Go get a job. It's not for forever. It's just a paycheck and you're going to save all that money you're spending on health insurance. Like that would have been so helpful instead of like, going through this back and forth and like, I'm a failure. What am I going to do? I'm drowning. Like that's how it felt is like, I'm drowning in all of these decisions and all these choices. And then humidity ruined assault. And then like telling you outright, you need like, it's time to get a job would be more of a friend thing. But I do think helping you navigate all those emotions um, and helping you come to a place of peace with the decision that you feel you need to make is hopefully what we, we could do in that instance. 
I do want to address a couple of items prior to us departing. Number one, we, you wanted to talk about the course. <laughs> Tell me what you feel. And now we're talking about it after you are into your 8% beer. I'm like halfway <laughs> in. Can you just tell me what you like? So I, I think Coors is fine. Like I, I like it. I, I don't love it, but I, I think it's a fine beer. It's my, that's the drink of my, my home state. Um, of our people. Yeah. Yes. It's the drink of my people. Um, cause we're both from Colorado. My boyfriend likes it because it's easy to drink and you can drink a lot of it without getting super drunk. And that's, that's, that's where so, we're at. I think that's why. And we're just, we are in, you know, inflation, penny pinching, all those. So Ugh, woof. Yeah. yeah. Woof I, indeed. I think for those reasons, core's allowable move. Like I, <laughs> you will allow it. The beer queen, uh, yeah, the beer queen, <laughs> the center of attention has permitted you to drink a Coors. A lot of what I teach about beer is identify, like in the same way that business coaches help you identify what you want to get out of your business. What I do is I help you identify what you want to get out of your beer. So if you want to get like messed up, get a beer that helps you get messed up. If you don't want to get messed up, choose a beer that helps you not do that. Like Mm -hmm. if you're, so the things you described, easy, cheap, low ABV, Coors Mm -hmm. is really good at fitting the bill for that. And I'm proud of you for reflecting on what you're hoping to get out of the beer. The things that I don't like. If you were drinking a Coors just because it was there or because you didn't know about anything else or because you feel like you had to, like you're at a party and you're drinking out of obligation, knock that shit off, follow beer feelings, I'll help you. Where can people find you? You oh mentioned my gosh. it, but I'd love What an honor. <laughs> what an honor. <laughs> so if you um if you type into Google beer feelings, beerfeelings.com, beer feelings podcast, beer feelings products, beer feelings anything, you're drinking a beer. If you have some feelings, you will see me, you will see my giant curly hair. Um, I am on Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, probably, and TikTok. But I think the easiest way to find me, if you're just if you're on any platform, type in beer feelings, you'll see me. You'll hear my voice and I'd love to have you join the tribe. That's awesome. Thank you, Natalie. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Thank you, Natalie. It's really good to connect and, and hear from you and hear, you know, how you're doing and what you're doing. So I don't have an, a, a closing <laughs> of a conclusion other than thank you so much. Um, keep in touch. <laughs> and we'll see you next week on That's the next right. episode. Certainly can't promise it'll be a week, but hey, man, I'm sure there's something we else coming. See you. <laughs> <laughs>